This is a Think Live Be production. Good day. Hello. I haven't gotten used to the intro live. Listening to the intro? Yes, listening to the intro. Yeah. I never used to listen to that. It was like put in after the fact. Mm-hmm. And so it throws me off a little bit. So here it's, we are. Yeah, because we used to just, I would just quietly hit record and you never knew when you it never was knew, coming. Right. So I never knew if I was being recorded or not. Mm-hmm. That's so, what you used to say all the time. Are we recording? Yep. So you got rid of that and and uh, and now I awkwardly get into the first conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure which is better. Um, but anyways, it's uh, bright and early here in Central Florida. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, this is our podcast called Seeking the Best. I'm Catherine Stelgis. I am the owner of the Think Live Be team here in Orlando, Florida. And my co-host is also my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Um, yeah, he's my significant other for many, many years. We just recently uh, officially tied the knot. So it's fun to say, mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. <laughs> he hates it so much. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, and he is also our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire uh, for the podcast. He also does our graphic design, video, photography, et cetera, et cetera, whatever I need him for. <laughs> in the real estate team and always has he's my he's truly my right hand when it comes to the business thank you we say lots of other people are and no offense to them but honestly i mean well thank you it's pat (laughs) (laughs) um we are going to talk about something that i've been thinking a lot about lately okay because I have found myself in this position where i'm sort of we'll call it restructuring Mm -hmm. and so let me back up a minute. We just started. I know. I know. I'm already off track. So as I said, we just got married. And so we planned this whole wedding ourselves. And takes that takes a lot of time, energy, decisions, money, all of those things. The, the, your resources, like your life resources, right? And I was th- I've been thinking about like how out of balance I've felt And it reminded me of, which I think I originally saw in the One Thing book. I'm pretty sure they talk about this, um, this concept of like juggling balls Mm -hmm. and like your life is, um, your, your life consists of, you know, several different categories, your family, your health, your friends, um, they say spirit and then work. Um, so let's call spirit personal, like your personal internal self Mm -hmm. and, this actually comes from a uh, like a, a speech that a former Coca-Cola CEO did at a um, I think Georgia Tech as like a commencement speech for graduation, I mm-hmm. assume. And he was talking about how if you have these five balls and you're juggling them in the air, that the work ball is rubber. And if you drop it, it will bounce back. But if you drop one of the other ones, your health, your family, your your personal spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, those are glass and they'll be nicked or per- like permanently damaged, possibly shattered for with permanent, you know, damage for the future. So you have to be really careful about balancing these things. Right. You have to balance them, but some are more important than others. Right. 
and in the grand scheme. And I have spent, I would say, most of the last, you know, most of my career life, so the last going on 17 years, really not focused on any of those things except work. And not to say that I don't focus on personal life. I don't think we would be together still if I was just all about work and never cared about you. <laughs> um, but like I've really been out of balance for many, many years. Only in the last few years have I really started to say, hey, this isn't right. And I need to right. make sure that Acknowledge- we- Acknowledge- seeing it, acknowledging it and then trying to do better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes from not not to get and on a sad note, I'll make this very quick, but when my mom passed away in 2016, just sort of realizing, you know, you, it's it's one of those moments in life where you realize life is too short and like you need to focus on all of the things. And yes, work funds those things and, and it's important, but if you get out of balance, then like the guy explained, it's a rubber ball. It, it can bounce back and it can mm-hmm. bounce back pretty easily in real estate. Like it is one of those jobs. If you're if you're an agent, you... You could have nothing going on today and tomorrow there could be five things. You can go can, out and create yeah. business very easily if you go put in the work. And then I say easily, I understand that it's not, it's not, um, let's say it's very simply, right? It's not easy. It's hard work to go find clients. But we have a very low bar to going and finding clients. Like I can just go start making phone calls to people I know and probably shake out a piece of real estate business. That's a pretty cool job to have that you can that you can do that. And so my my I you know again in the last couple of years I've started to make a more focus on having more balance and not. Not even, I don't even think I've been juggling before 2016, like even had health in the picture. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a focus. And um, so just re reprioritizing those things and making sure they're a part of our lives. And then also realizing that you are going to get out of balance. So the reason I bring all this up is because the last couple of months have been way out of balance. Like I think it's been so much of the personal trying to get the wedding planned and everything ready for that. Yeah, it's that. And also giving yourself permission to do it because it's like, well, we never do this. But that's what I was, I was so, getting to. Yeah. Is that I have never put yourself ahead of the business. The business? Yeah. So it was like, here's your opportunity to do that. So do it. Yeah. And so and, we did. And, and, so what what I will probably see. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Except what you're going to say next. I know what you're going to say. Well, I'll probably see in the next month or two, the sales right. will reflect that I wasn't as productive as I normally am. And it's not like I stopped working, by the way. I'm not oh, saying yeah. like at all. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just had to sort of say, I can't get everything done. So I have to choose. And right now, what is most important is that we're prepared for this wedding. And we've got people that are traveling thousands of miles to come share this this time. And I need to be present. We need to be prepared. And we need to make sure that it is what we want it to be. Because we're only going to do it once. So they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so... So when when that happened, I I really had to multiple times remind myself, like, you've never done this before. And so, yes, it feels uncomfortable 
to say, you know what, I'm going to have to choose to do these activities when I normally would choose to do these. Mm-hmm. And give yourself permission and then not feel guilty or try to not feel try guilty. Try to not feel guilty. It's not easy, yeah. especially after building the habit for so long of, sure. of like of only prioritizing work. Um so so that's what's been going on. So then, you know, now over that time period, I've also, you know, had some things revealed to me that that are a bit of a mess and like in the business. In the business, yeah. So like just like just, structural kind of yeah, just uh, behind behind the curtain kind of business stuff. Yep, like thing things are I'm I've I maybe it's when you Maybe that, yeah, from taking that break and then looking back and then going and looking at it and going with fresh eyes and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And it, and it's, it wasn't really a break again. It was like, right. it was still working, but like, because I was, my, my brain was working a little bit differently. Sure. That I started to realize some things over the last few months that are mm-hmm. like, no, this stuff is a mess. Yeah. Things aren't being done, you know, to the level that they should be. And it's not a this is not a reflection of um, like this is not like, oh, my team isn't doing their job. This is a systems thing. Mm -hmm. It's a I need to I, I realize that things are not the way that I envisioned them and I have to go back and fix them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm thankful for a little bit of clarity that I needed. And then now that. The wedding is done and I'm able to really like shift my focus back. Mm-hmm. Well, now I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and so the theme in my head lately has been about that. And this is I said this to Pat the other day and he didn't realize it was a cliche, but I kind of think it is in our business where it's you you slow down to speed up. And he was like, speed up to wait. <laughs> Hurry, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. And I was like, no, no, it's that. Hurry up and wait is from the film industry. Yeah. You go, 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 go to, to shoot. And then it's like, hold on. Yeah. But that's not at all what this is. This yeah. is this is slow down to speed up. Yeah. Get into that. Okay. Explain that to me. Okay. So I've heard it many times. And maybe it's not cliche at all. Maybe it's really not overused. But I feel like I've heard it a lot. And so in my mind, it is. But what it means is sometimes you have to take a step back and and really put in time and energy into the right things, even though it may feel like in the moment that there are uh, faster ways to money. Like mm. in like I might have to slow down and and lose a piece of business or two so that I can actually speed up yeah. and get to bigger goals later. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's what I think young agents, newer agents have it's impossible for them to see. We were talking last week about the past agent that you had that was when we were at a special event that we had put on and they were um they were writing an offer uh-huh. during during the event. Oh right, right. Because they had blinders on to this one check versus the number of people at this event that would be new buyers for them. Like getting, and that's, that's a, that's an example of that. Yeah. Like you're like not being able to see that. And and what you're talking about is, um, is building a foundation. 
is like you can build and build and build and go fast, 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 and just go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But there's no foundation. It's a house of cards, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to go slow and take your time and do things the right way and then backtrack and tighten it up and do all of those things in order to get to where it's str- the structure is strong enough that one thing goes wrong, the whole thing doesn't come crashing down, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what it means is literally like take them like when you would be like, oh, we just got to go to the next thing, just stick a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Instead of doing that, you stop and you you spend the hours that it will take Mm -hmm. to actually fix the problem so that the next time it happens. Yeah. It's that stuff. Or it doesn't happen. I should say it doesn't happen again. That stuff drives me insane. Well, you're definitely the type of person who. Like you, Pat is not a procrastinator. No, I'm not. In any sense of the word. So when something happens or a new job or whatever, you like, you just go and you do it and you don't let anything get in your way of finishing but it. But I also know I've done enough paintings and created enough, whether it's theater or or a painting or, 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 or redoing something in the house to know that a Band-Aid doesn't work. A Band-Aid sort of works for the, a little while and then everything starts to show right and then whether like so it's better to just rip everything out and start and fix it there yes it's going to take a little bit longer but you're not going to have to come back to it and that's what I hate I hate fixing something I hate putting something together knowing that it's not right and that six months from now or a year from now I'm going to have to come back to this and then what I hate even more is when that six months rolls around and it's like, damn it, now I've got to go back and I've got to fix this thing. I should have just done it right from the first time, the first time. And so I, that feeling, I hate that feeling. So yeah, so I would rather take the time at the beginning to do it the right way, even if that means I'm going to lose out because it's going to save me time down the road. And this is a, this is a time, this is all about time. So let me give you an example outside of real estate. And then we're going to talk about real estate examples and stuff that, that I'm working on. Um, the other day, our one of our tenants messaged about um, a leak under the sink. Mm-hmm. I know a hundred, no, no, out of a hundred landlords, 99 of them would have probably just like slapped some tape under there. <laughs> and well, they would have definitely just had been, yeah, they would have probably taken it apart and said, and then if they could have fixed it, fixed it. What are you getting at? Well, what I'm getting at is you you could have gone and probably like just put a bunch of plumber's tape under there. Yeah. And sort of fixed it. And then left. Mm-hmm. But instead, you immediately went to the store, bought a new faucet, went and replaced the faucet. Well, what I and did now- is I wasn't sure what was wrong with it. Well, yeah. So I went and I bought the faucet. And then I went to the house, saw that I couldn't fix it. And then pulled the new faucet out of my car and then replaced it versus let me see what's wrong with it. And if I can fix it, drive over there. Nope, can't fix it. Now I have to go buy a faucet and then come back and replace it. I cut out on the way to the place, bought the the faucet. Right. And I was like, if I don't need this faucet, I'll bring it back, saving myself two hours of time. Well, it was a couple things in that in that lesson. And they they got their new faucet like within four hours of them well, texting yes, me. That's just you being on top of things. But, um, well, a cu- couple lessons there though. Number one, that's being proactive 
and and saying, I'm going to make an educated guess of what this is. She sent a, a photo mm-hmm. or a video. Mm-hmm. And, and so you could kind of see making an educated guess of what the problem is and then saying it will actually be faster for me to make this assumption be based on what I see, mm-hmm. go get the faucet on the way there. And then if I'm wrong based on my educated guess, then I'll take it back. Yeah. And, and knowing that I don't want to come back like, okay, I think I fixed it and then have to come back three days from now well, it's because it's leaking again. Be, well, What's right. my time worth? Well, two, two, so two things. You didn't want to come back at all, right? Like, right. there's a tenant living there. You have to schedule around her. We don't know her schedule. She might have had to go later. So if you went there first and, and then said, okay, it needs a new faucet. I got to go to Home Depot and buy a faucet and then I'll be back. And she's like, oh, well... Um, I've got people coming over later. Can you come back tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden your whole week is shot. Right. Instead of just handling it right there. Yeah. So it's it's what you accomplished was being proactive, but also, and I know, because I know I can see in your, your face that you're thinking that couldn't be fixed with tape. I guarantee yeah. that a lot of people would have slapped plumber's tape underneath there right. and tried to manage to, like, they it would have t- stopped t- leaking for the day. Yeah. And or they would have pulled the faucet out and then tried to fix it, right? And maybe and 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 been like, "Oh, I need a new a piece of this or or whatever." Or kind of, it it wasn't worth my time to go and try to fix it. Like the a new faucet was $90. What's my time worth versus to pull this out? I always say uh spend a quarter to save a nickel. Mm. People do that kind of thing because what's your time worth? My time isn't worth the amount of effort that it would take, or my time is worth more than the amount of effort that it would take to pull this faucet out, find where the leak is, fix the leak, put it all back together, just put a new one in. Then I'm in, I'm out, and I'm done, and I'm on with the my the rest of my day versus spending all of this time trying to fix something that doesn't because I know what my time is worth and it's worth more than the amount of time it takes to fix a faucet. So that's an outside of real estate example, but of yeah. just showing like, yes, it took how long bet- between the time you left to the time you came home? I don't know, hour and a half. Okay, an hour and a half. The, the drive, including drive time. And so I think a lot of people would have said, well, let me just run over there real quick. Let me see. And see if I can mm. fix it real yeah. quick. It'll only take like 10 minutes. I'll be over there and then I'll be done. And then you get over there and you can't fix it. And then it becomes a lot bigger problem over a lot longer period of time. But that initial hour and a half feels like, well, I don't really have time to fit in an hour and a half or two yeah, hours yeah. To, to go replace the whole thing. I was meeting other people too. Like, so I, it's not like I didn't have anything else to do that day. Yeah. So most of the time we take the choice though of, let me just real quick, see if I can fix it. Instead of thinking of the long-term implications, if you can't just fix it with a Band-Aid, or if you do fix it with a Band-Aid, what's right. going to happen later? Yeah. This is actually from, um, I couldn't find my book before we got started. I don't know where it is. But The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, this is like one of the the habits, is like figuring out what is the most important thing that might a lot of times there are things that are that are important. how to prioritize you mean like how yeah. to do it well yeah like being taking the time to really accomplish a long-term thing because it feels like that's not uh urgent mm-hmm. right 
And so all, all the time we think things are urgent and important and we're p- putting out fires instead of spending a day or an hour or two hours or however long it takes to actually fix a problem so that it never happens again, so that there is never a fire again. Right. And you're talking about, yes. And there's a, there's a, the fire that you're talking about is a, there's two different sides to the business. There's long-term and there's short-term. In your short-term, those are the fires. Those are the clients that need this or the inspection that has to blah and all of those things. And then there's the long-term, which is the structure of the business, making sure that all of the gears are grinding properly, right? And we, once you, we've said this a million times. I think we said it last week. Once you come to the conclusion that there are no emergencies in real estate. Like the number of things that are emergencies versus what you think are emergencies are t- are 100 to 1. Then it makes it easier to focus on the gears and realize that that fire isn't really a fire. That fire and when I say not an emergency, it can wait until it can wait for an hour. It can wait for it. You don't have to drop everything and pick up the phone. And, and I know that's hard to do, but it can it can wait. It doesn't have it is not uh, an emergency room. I was recently I was talking. That's with, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. that emergency yeah. room that is urgent. That is now we have to take care of this right now. And have you ever been to an emergency room? Even there, it's not like that. It's like the you 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 have to wrap your brain around. I don't have to drop everything I'm doing because this client said X and they left a message or they called and I have to drop it and I have to answer this because this is, it can wait an hour. It can wait 45 minutes. It can wait a day. It can wait two days. It can wait a week. Like you have to be able to be, to come to, to internalize that and then apply it through that lens every time you every time something gets thrown in your face and focus on what's important which is that structure that structure like like the what is it the uh three little pigs mm-hmm. if you, you gotta you gotta build that business out of brick not out of straw right you yeah. got you've got to really take your time with that stuff um yes to all of that <laughs> And the three little pigs reference. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about uh, the other day we had a closing and it was making me think about what what are the, these fires that that um, that pop up that we think are urgent. And so we jump in and we spend all this time working on those. And then that takes us away from that important foundational building stuff that we say, well, we'll just We'll just focus on this and I'll get to that later. And then later becomes like 10 years, by the way, you guys. Mm -hmm. Later becomes never. So if you have these big goals, like I and like I have really been looking at our goals and saying, like, I should have been to where I want our goals to be. I should have been there several years ago. And the reason that we're not is because we don't stop, slow down for a minute, do things the right way mm-hmm. fix the structural issues you know we don't do this but this is a thing like in video games we don't play video games very much but there's like your, well right. you play your little crazy yeah cupcakes. yeah that's that's different <laughs> but like in in rpgs and stuff you've got like 
side side quest role play like like the the um you've got like your main goal to get through the game but there's side quests Uh right and if you do all the side quests and stuff the game takes 100 hours versus the 50 hours to just go straight through right it's real easy in real estate to just be doing side quests the whole time instead of looking at the main quest to get through the game yeah right and so what what you're talking that's what you're talking about is you spent a lot of time on these side quests looking for jewels <laughs> instead of the main quest, which gets you through the game. You know what? That's so um, that's a funny analogy because it makes me think about like what the side quests are fun, right? Like that's the whole point of a video game is right. like you want to do the side quest. Yeah, you want 100 percent it. Yeah, you want to do the whole thing. You don't want to like breeze right through it. It's supposed to be a fun. Sixty bucks for this thing. (laughs) So, but I think that's it's an interesting analogy because I think that that is a lot of times that is what happens. So, what are the side quests during like a normal day that take you away from doing foundational things that you have time blocked for, and then they don't happen? And it would be things like that you find fun. So the other day, let me give you an example. And this might sound stressful and crazy and annoying to a lot of people, but I found it fun and interesting. The other day I had a closing and I was scheduled for the walkthrough at 11 and the, um, yes, I know that's outside of my legion time. Mm. Somebody else scheduled that for me. So I'll say that is an issue that that I have to take up with somebody else. Yeah, I was, (laughs) Um, you said it, not me. Uh, but, uh, so I think there were some things involved with that. And that's one of those we talk about all the time. You right. can't get them all. Yeah. Right. And I think I there was some outside factors that led to that. That's why it's so time. important to. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, and the closing was scheduled for 12. So I I'm I leave the office to get on my way to the walkthrough and I get a phone call that um, the 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 buyer the buyer is at the the bank, excuse me, let me speak clearly. The buyer is at the bank to make the wire and there's some sort of issue going on with the wiring system. And so they haven't been able to do it. She's going to be late to the walkthrough. And so just wanted to let me know. So I go to the walkthrough and um, on as I get there, I get another call that, hey, we're still here. This is not going well. <laughs> I'm trying to shorten this. And, um, and so can you just do the walkthrough for us and then we'll, we'll touch base. So I get to the walkthrough. I have a little bit more information, which I I'll try not to get too in the weeds on that. I get to the walk or I get to the walkthrough. I do the walkthrough for them. I explain to the other agent what's going on and essentially they can't wire the money. And so what does that mean for our closing? Like, it's a problem, right? That is a fire. We have a closing. It's scheduled. The sellers have already signed and they're having issues getting their money to the title company, which means that the other parties on the other side are getting frustrated and wondering what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that is a fire. And I could let that fire derail my entire day or I could keep moving and plugging along. And so between the rest of the day, I left the walkthrough on my way driving back to the office. I did make a call to the bank to try to understand what because it was something about forms of ID that were were required. And I called the bank to just because I had 30 minutes to drive back to the office. So I had time to deal with that during that 30 minute time block. And so I tried. And then I also talked to the lender, the buyer, the other agent, all those things on my way back. And I gave them a bunch of solutions. And guess what? That was fun. 
I like coming up with ideas and solutions. Mm-hmm. And sure. Can I just give you like the five different solutions? There's still a bit of a rabbit hole, but I think that it's um it's sort of interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh so <laughs> I thought you were gonna play the rabbit hole song. No. Okay. No. You said a bit of a bit of a rabbit hole, not a full one. Okay. So essentially they can only wire a portion of the the final amount because uh, the wiring system at the bank wasn't allowing them to make verification because of some new AI system. And so they could not wire the full amount. So they were each individually, two buyers, they were allowed to wire their daily maximum, which was like $100,000 each, but they were still short like $70,000. So we then tried to come up with solutions of how do we still close? So my initial solution was we still sign today and it funds on Monday. Okay. The title company said no to that. So then the the next option was, okay, do you have the ability? Well, this was somebody else's idea, but do you have the ability to go to another bank now that they've wired online the maximum online wire? Can they go to a bank do it in and try to do it in person for a lesser amount mm-hmm. and, and a different store location? That did not work. Um, then we said, okay, do you know um, any... F- and the other option would be to move it to Monday. Just move the entire closing to Monday. Wire the rest of the money uh, on Monday, online, and then avoid the whole bank in person altogether. I feel like Pat's like, you've gotten in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So maybe... Uh, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Should I get back? Should we just cut this whole section? No, we're not going to cut it. But people want to know, like, what did you decide? Okay. What, so what, how, how did you get there? You don't have to get into the minutiae of it. What was the decision? <laughs> well, finally, I said, I wonder if the title company has Chase as the bank, because that's the bank. Because then they could just directly move the money. Like, it's not a wire. You can actually transfer the funds more directly if it's the same bank. And they don't. The title company does not have that same bank. However, one of their friends does. So they actually sent the money to their friend's account at Chase and then the friend wired the remaining funds to them. Yeah. And instead of moving the closing to Monday because that their rate lock was expiring, et cetera, like it wasn't an option. Now that all of that happened outside of my, that's none of that is in my control, right? Like, no, it's, that wasn't rhetorical. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> None of that was in my control, but it felt urgent in mm-hmm. the moment. And so I allowed myself that 30 minutes of, while I was in the car mm-hmm. to handle those calls, give them as many solutions as I could, because it is fun in my mind to come up with solutions to these kinds of problems. That's mm-hmm. a side quest that I could have gotten on and I could have spent all day Well, here's on. the deal is those were your buyers. So you're okay to do that. That's fine. Here's where the problem comes in is when they're not your buyers. They're your, you're, you're representing the seller and this is the issue, right? And then you get involved in that in coming up with solutions for the buyers. That's where the problem. Well, happens. I think it's oh, kind of like, uh, and, okay. and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you where a side quest uh, is that doesn't always work that, that you get involved in is I know 
I've I've been watching Catherine do real estate for 17 years. I have no idea whose job it is to do a reconsideration to an appraiser because it doesn't matter whether Catherine is representing the buyer or the seller. She's the one doing it. And I have to this day have no idea whose job it is to do that because she's always doing it, which means that that doesn't make sense because she's representing she's representing both has represented both sides. So who's so there's an example. OK, of, can I can I? Yes. And I know people are bad at their job. So you take it away from them and you decide to do it because you're good at that. I get that. My point is, is that. That that is an example of a side quest that you take on no matter what, and sometimes somebody else could have done that job. Well, so yeah, it, that is a perfect example of a side quest. In the moment, it feels like an urgent thing. Oh my gosh, the appraisal didn't come in. That's a fire that everybody feels like we got to figure out a solution like right now, right? Yeah, it's the uh, same uh, thing. Always, as- everyone's like, drop everything, and it's like, well, it's Friday. <laughs> We're dropping everything for on a Friday. It's like the banks are closed. Everything's closed. So a couple things. Okay. Back to, can I just finish my? Yeah. So I could have let the whole rest of the day get derailed. But what I was getting at is none of that is in my control. So although I found it fun to problem solve and troubleshoot with the other parties involved, I did it on my drive back. And then I went back to the office and I got back into work and I did other things. And then I talked to somebody one more time and then I got back to work and I did other things. And everybody else was the ones that were running around because I don't have control over that. Mm -hmm. All I have control over is offering my solutions and then they have to go out and try those options. But I could get involved further, you know, like I could call every five minutes and uh, say, what about this? What about this? I could get in the car and go meet them at the bank and try to talk to the banker myself. Or feel like, yes, feel like I need to represent my buyers. And then, and which I, you know, customer service that, that I, I and stuff. And yes, I've seen that too. Get in the car, drive over there. All you are is in the way. So, but you feel like you can bring them maybe a couple waters and and uh, somehow you're helping. But so appraisal, same thing. It feels like in the moment, urgent, urgent, got to drop everything. And I'm going to be on a side quest doing an appraisal reconsideration that no, like you said, on a Friday that no one's going to look at until Monday anyways. Mm-hmm. So and and I get your point. Whose job is that? <laughs> I believe that that's the listing agent's job. Mm-hmm. However, I know that I have a pretty good track record. You said we should do a reconsideration and the other agent goes, what's that? Well, yes. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, God. So I know I have a, a good track record. I don't get them all. Just had one recently. Um, you don't get them all. It's There's such a, a variable like you're dealing with somebody else. It's not really in your control. All you can do is put forth the best effort. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be done right that second. It can be something that gets, hey, if everybody's on board, we're going to do an appraisal reconsideration. Then look at your schedule and say, when can I do that? It's not going to be right now because I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z right now. And I'm not going to let... Any opportunity people have to take something that they hate doing and putting it aside to for something that they like doing. Yeah, you're going to take it It's all super day long. easy to take. Yeah, it's super easy to do that. It's like, well, you could call this list of fizzbos 
and get hung up on and yelled at. Or you could do this other thing that is a puzzle that you would like to figure it's out. It's a puzzle. And and people will love you for it. If right. You, and they'll if, say, great if, job. If yeah. you get it for them, oh, they'll love you. And you love that, like, that adrenaline and that feeling of people saying, oh, my God, you're the best. Thank you so much. You're like, I can't believe you got that appraisal reconsideration, re, you know, reevaluated, whatever. That feeling is what you get from those side quests mm-hmm. every time you take one. Yeah, because you because what what is the side quest? The side quest is a little thing that has a f- ending on it and you get a, a prize at the end and then you move on with the big long quest that takes forever. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 instant gratification and and a little uh dopamine boost. Yeah. And um and then you get to then you go back to the main long quest that takes forever. Yeah. So yeah, so that's I, I love that analogy. Um, those little side quests, I I enjoy them. I make the mistake of going down them all the time because they're fun. Uh, but as when you get to a place where you have some clarity around, like, wow, my goals, it's uh, we're we're doing fine. We're doing good. We're doing great, even in some people's perspectives, right? Mm. But what did I set out to do? What is the vision that I have for this company? And it has gotten messy and cloudy and I need to I've 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 had a moment to step back and see that and now I have to fix it and what is what does that mean well let's take a quick break and then we will get into what those things mean that's a long conversation I almost should have yeah <laughs> all right well we'll touch on it okay, we'll okay. Touch on all right it. let's take a break the think look b team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. ThinkLoogB is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So... I am going to, well, first I'll just kind of recap that the the whole concept of slow down to speed up can mean different things. It could, it could just mean like you're, you need to take breaks every now and then, like you need to take vacations. They don't have to be long ones. In fact, there's studies that show like just a, just a weekend getaway has the same effect of refreshing your mind and giving you I need a vacation for my vacation. (laughs) So just stepping away from the business and and like just having a few days uh, to clear your mind without being constantly bombarded with questions and um, offers and like looking for new business and all of the the day-to-day tasks, that can be enough to give you some space to clear your head and get, get back to action. So it can mean different things, but what what I think it means for me right now is slowing down to look at our foundation, like we talked about, and fixing the things that aren't meant for a team of this size, that they worked when it was just me, they worked when it was me and an assistant, and you add a couple more people and it doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. and or things that are... Um, and what and what ends up happening is instead of coming up with a new solution to whatever that issue is, you slap a band aid on it, yeah, and say we'll get to that later. And all of a sudden, 
three years have gone by and there's band-aids all over stuff. The whole thing's held together with duct tape. Yes. And none of it is built from the ground up to fit a team of the size in which it is now. Yes. Um, there's a, a master spreadsheet that is a good example of like it has all this stuff in it, but um, n- if nothing is, if, if there's not a way to easily get the data into the spreadsheet and a system for that that is uh, trained for people to use, then it doesn't work beyond one person doing it for a period of time. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then if the fields aren't locked, then things are going to get messy if they're connected to other pages in a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and one thing moves or moves, is thrown away, then everything, nothing works. Yeah. We current, we currently have a, we have a, like a closing spreadsheet that data gets entered to, and that connects to a, a master spreadsheet that, that's supposed to calculate, mm-hmm. you know, your GCI units sold all that good stuff mm-hmm. that you should track. Mm-hmm. And so when it was just one or two people, that worked great because you there's just the one person who's data entering. There's just the one person who's selling the stuff and telling the other person to enter this into the Mm -hmm. spreadsheet. But as you add other people and then you try to say, okay, I'm going to have this person responsible for data entering this stuff and it's going to connect to this. Well, if that person doesn't 100 percent, if they're not 100 percent trained on how to use that spreadsheet. Right. And they do one thing wrong Mm -hmm. it will mess up the other spreadsheet yeah and and so there's just there's there's things like that that are just what happens is well that one thing gets messed up if you don't notice it right away Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're quarterly and where's the problem you have no idea where it is like to go back and figure out where the issue is is hours of work Mm -hmm. that could have been prevented with a better system being created a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, would that have taken time uh, a year ago and that would have taken time and energy and focus and thought about the the long-term bigger picture? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, we were probably too busy mm-hmm. or we felt like we were. Yeah. We're too busy. We've got too many little, what were they called? Side quests. Side quests. we got too many little side quests that were going on. You know what that sounds like to me? What? It sounds like when you somebody who doesn't know what they're doing goes to paint like the interior of a home or the exterior it's like have you ever anybody listening out there and stuff actually hired a painter to do stuff what they spend 75% of their time prepping so that paint doesn't get on everything because if it does it's going to take 3 times longer mm-hmm. so it's kind of the same thing like you if you don't spend the time at the beginning putting stuff, doing stuff the right way, the reason why you do it that way is because if something happens, somebody puts the code in or puts the the field, enters into the field incorrectly or accidentally oversprays, right? It's going to take 10 times longer to clean up that paint or to find where the problem is in the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Than just doing it the correct way from the beginning, even though it takes longer to do it. I love your analogies. <laughs> um, you really are the master. Thank you. Because that is true. Any anytime somebody paints a house, it's like 
90%, I would say 90% of the time is prep. Is prep. But the first few days, aren't they're not even pulling the paint out. Yeah. It's just taping and. And I and I realize that like if if you're a new agent, this sounds counterproductive or um, the opposite of what you might read in books and stuff. Like if you read the MRA book, because I just started rereading that, um, because it's been a little while. I've read it many times, <clears throat> and it's been a little while, and it's good to revisit it because it's basically the the roadmap to a real estate business, and. They really say, and I'm going to mess it up, but hold on. I feel like I really want to get it right. So I'm going to look it up. So this is in the MREA book? Yes. Which everybody should read. Yes. Um, Catherine's book is, I think she's on her second or third copy. And oh, it's all yeah. dog-eared and highlighted. And and um, we tease her that it looks like one of the um, journals from Seven. <laughs> you you say that about all of my because they all look like that my things you know what I'm not going to be able to find it okay <laughs> it's too it's too much but you know okay it's it's really simple you know how you say like ready set fire or ready ready set go ready set go <laughs> but or if you're on your market set go yeah well in the book it they kind of reword that and and Gary Keller's point is um you should just go take action and that will lead to results and. Too, I get that. But hold on. So too many times new agents, and I know I'm one of those people, if I go way back in time, is you feel like you have to be prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. And so you spend the first year of your career taking every class, learning. I need to learn. I need to learn. I need, I need to, to learn, learn how to do it before I can do it. Yeah. And then you don't actually have any sales. Yeah. Taking a class on learning how to swim versus just jumping in the pool. Yeah. Now you could drown um, in could, that situation. And, and people do. <laughs> and, but and, you could also not. <laughs> well, but the point is like there is a limit to what you need to actually prepare for. And so I I know that this this sounds a little bit counterintuitive to what they talk about in, as a new agent. You've got to go get into action. You can't learn how to write a contract really well without actual contracts to write. Yes. You, so, it's di- what you're talking about. We're talking about building a team and doing things in such a way um, uh, to, to such a degree that we need to revamp systems that we already have in place yeah where you're with a new agent you don't have any systems in place and there's no you're not going to have any systems in place until you have the business to create the systems around well it's kind of so, like so we're, we're talking about is something a little bit different than that yes but i'm just bringing it up because if you're new and you're yeah you're like getting into action and you're yeah. listening to this podcast get into action yeah like you do need to go out and get yeah. clients before you can really build systems it's kind of like when you i'm going to use analogy Uh-oh. uh oh <laughs> Let's see how I do. You know, when you move into a new house and you want to renovate some stuff, it actually makes more sense to live with it for a minute. Yeah. And then that's your preparation time. It's like figuring out how am I going to use this space before I rip everything out and build it new and then realize, I wish I would have done it this way. Yeah. I always, uh, when people, uh, buyers buy a house and within three weeks, they're ripping the kitchen out that didn't need to be ripped out. They're and, and and redesigning the interior. It's like you haven't even lived in this house yet. Yeah, that's a that's always a, a yeah. A, a, we made specific. We specifically in our house didn't do the kitchen for a year. Yeah, we could have done it right in the beginning. It needed it. It is horrible and stuff. But it's I, I needed a year 
of kind of living in the house and seeing how how are we bringing groceries in and how are we, what you know and all of those all of those things yeah. to really understand what the best way to rebuild is yeah so this is like I, I just bring that up because I know new agents you're you're out there and you're you're thinking oh should I should I plan for all of this before I do things and yeah. no um so- you have to know like what we're talking about here with this you have to know when it's time to restructure like when is it time like are we ready to do that yet or do we need to or do we need to put a band-aid on this yeah like because we the, I could see this is going to have you just have to be aware I, I wish so here's if I could go back in time this is too long of a thing but if I could go back in time what I wish I would have done is ever like so I go out you go out and I'm gonna do my first open house as a new agent instead of like like go find the open house and then spend that week researching and learning about other agents and what's their system for open houses. What's their system? So you're going to slow down for a minute. Like, okay, I got into action. I got my first open house. And instead of going and taking on the next thing and saying, okay, now I'm going to go call Fizbo's today. Slow down for a minute. Mm-hmm. This is how you can do this as a new agent. Take that first week to learn everything about open houses and build an open house follow-up system mm-hmm. that week. So then when you have the leads from the open house, then the next week you're going to implement your new system. Mm-hmm. And then you start something new. Like get in the rhythm with that and then start something new. Yeah. And so I think when I think about like, okay, how do we take, you know, almost 17 years of junk and I and I just mean like we've accumulated so many files like just like stuff yeah just things that were like well we should use this we should do this we should do this and then it's just like sitting there how do we streamline what do we need it's like moving to like you've been living in the same house for 17 years and now we're moving to New York what 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 do we need to do with all this stuff it's like do we need it what how do how do we streamline and how do we build this for the next step yeah so this is what anticipating and as you as you get more experienced you it's easier for you to anticipate what the next step actually is and what that's going to look like yeah I think so one of the things I would say I do well (laughs) I'm just kidding we always do in scripts what did you do well what's your opportunity but I I do have like a vision and and a written out plan for growing the team to the level that I want what stops me from hitting those bigger goals is all of the stuff in between, like the side quests and being in sales production, and all that stuff. And so where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> so I guess I, said, my point, I was talking about anticipating. Oh, that's my that was my point is I actually do think that I have a good uh, vision of what we need like so to be able to go back and rebuild things and fix things i know what is needed to scale up mm-hmm. it just needs to be done does that make sense yeah so some people you you may not know like what's your ultimate goal for your real estate business and that so it may feel a little daunting to build a system so in that case i think you build a system for like your your at least like a 5 year plan even if you don't know like you don't have a vision to yeah. grow some giant team. That's okay. What's your five-year plan and build to that level at least. And then audit these things every year. That's another thing that I think is you have to what know, goes wrong. Yeah. And you have to, you have to, 
Well, if you want to grow, you have to enjoy the growth. You have to enjoy growing. It's like you have to, it's like if you want to buy a fixer upper house, you have to enjoy fixing things up. So if you want to be a single agent and never have an assistant, then you'll build those systems and those systems will be your systems. So you get that one done and you're like, that one's finished, moving on, right? But you have to know if you're getting into the business because you want to grow and you want to grow a team and you want to hire people that whatever you're building today, you're at some point going to have to rip that down and build on top of it something bigger. Mm. That is part of that is part of it. You have to be okay with that. You have to you can't covet those systems and be like, well, now I have this system and I'm going to make everything work within this system. You have to be okay with knowing at some point that system isn't going to work for what you're going to have down the road. You also have to know, I can't build a system for what I need down the road today. I have to build a system for what I need today. So here, let me give you another example. And then I'm going to run through, if we have time, I'm going to run through a few more things on the the auditing side. So how do you go back and, and do this? So um, a couple of years ago, I took the inside sales agent course, which is offered through maps coaching. And, um, there was a spreadsheet that's for tracking calls, like dials, calls, all the, all this stuff. And I wanted to utilize that because somebody had already built this master spreadsheet that was awesome. And to me, it looked like this is, this is a great tool for us to track our lead generation efforts and, and then to have coaching conversations with agents around it. And so I went to, um, you know, the person who builds systems and I said, here, I want to use this, uh, this spreadsheet that we've got. And what we should have done in that moment was say, how do we integrate this spreadsheet with stuff we're already using? How do we make it so that these numbers feed into something else so that we can see not just on one person's individual spreadsheet what they're doing, but that we can see like how how everything comes together. There's more than one sales agent, right? So I don't want to have to log into every individual agent's right. thing. It's not a scalable thing right. to have a spreadsheet that one person logs and then I have to go check everybody's spreadsheet. Right. So so but we didn't build anything around that that like we didn't use that as a, a foundation to, piece and then right. build on an top of it. And how to, you didn't build an integration. Yeah. So so that's something like that's an example of that that initial spreadsheet that somebody else did was great. It's great. And we still use it um, to track the sales numbers, but it doesn't work long term mm-hmm. for looking at big picture numbers. Right. Because I can't go in. Do you know how time consuming that would be? Now, it works right now. Right. Because right. there's not that many of us. Right. But if 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 I actually grow to the level we want to grow, I don't have time to go look at 10, 15, mm-hmm. however many right. so sales now, agents now numbers the individually yeah, and then so, add them up. Yeah. So now is the time to start thinking about how, well, how to do the, the time to start thinking about it was years ago. Of course. Of course. But now. But we're going we're restructuring. Yeah. yeah now. So now <laughs> is the time to do uh, that. It's a rebuilding year yeah. is what we're, we'll call it. Um, so anyways, I I, uh, I asked for my coach. I had seen, um, this is why, by the way, this is why you get a coach and you go to training programs is they've got all of these resources and tools. So if you're ever like, 
Gosh, I want. I wish I had this. They probably already have something. Yeah. That they can send you. Yeah, you're not coming up with something that um, that no one else has already thought of. And not only have they thought of it, they've created it. And there's three versions. Yeah. So I asked for. Um, I know I've seen in the past. Maps has a like an audit thing that once a year you should audit your systems, right? And if you just did that once a year, you would always be building for the future. So once you get that that foundation in place, then the following year, reevaluate it. Does this still work? If I want to add two more agents, does this still work? If not, let's fix it now. Let's stop what we're doing. Let's slow down for the rest of this month and this will be our focus. Um but instead, we get off on side quests and we get busy and we don't we don't make that a focus. Um, so anyways, I asked my coach for this maps um, audit thing that I know exists. I've seen it before, but I couldn't find it. And she sent me something even better. <laughs> and it's this um, it's basically a list of um, operations and marketing processes, human resource processes and sales processes that it's it's like a spreadsheet that lists all these different processes that a real estate team would have and then it says you know what are we what is the technology we use who's in charge of that do we have a system yes no um we have a system but it could be better yes no right it's an audit um we do not have a system or we don't think we need one right cuz somebody else built the spreadsheet so maybe there's certain things that you won't need right and then any notes so what my my plan now is like I've got clarity around what needs to happen. We've had some space um, and we'll have a little bit more uh, to just think through what needs to happen. And then I need to time block for these activities and and realize that my most important work right now is to make sure that this foundation is there. Yeah. Because if I want to hit my business goals. Yeah. This is the only thing that matters right now. I can hit sales goals if I just like go out tomorrow and I start calling people and yes, I've got to get sales, right? That funds the business. But if I want my big picture vision for this company that I've been working on for this long, I have to prioritize this. Yeah. And because it is not scalable, it doesn't work as we grow. And so- If you don't work on those things, your main goals, which is to get a- uh, somebody who's head of listings and a series of buyers agents and ISAs. How does that happen if these other things aren't? Well, it doesn't. So they come. So you, do you bring to, somebody in, but if you don't have the right tools right. and and processes in place for them, they won't succeed. Right. You know. And that's the whole point is getting them to succeed. On and the- and the thing is, we've got like. I've I've looked through this list several times. We've got most of this stuff. It just mm-hmm. it's just not. Um, well, it's, it puts it all in a it, it puts it all in a list so that nothing gets forgotten. And yeah. it's like it's like um, remember when when you were a kid and uh, you were in summer vacation and your mom before she went to work would leave a list on the refrigerator of chores to do. Yeah. Well, if your mom just said clean the house today. She'd come back and nothing would be done because you were a kid and you didn't know what you were doing. But having that list to be able to check off, that's that's what you're talking about. That's what this thing is, is it's a way to organize and and make sure that every do we have a system for that? I think we do. 
Well, what is it? Well, right. So when if I, I let me uh, is, do I have time to like read just a, a few things and then yeah. we can have a whole episode about some of these. Well, give it, give it an example. OK, so the, the <laughs> let's go into. OK, do you have a pre-listing system? So we set an appointment. What's the system leading up to the appointment mm-hmm. for a seller? That's a pre-listing system. Mm-hmm. And then so if your answer is. What do you do before a listing appointment? <laughs> then you need a pre-listing system, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have to go and then you have to look and see what are other agents doing. If you don't even know what it is, then you've got to go research it and figure out mm-hmm. what to put into place. If you're like, well, I set the appointment and then I do a CMA and then I confirm the appointment, but there's no process. So like if you didn't exist it, it, or if you were out of town, could somebody do it for you? Mm-hmm. And if they can't, because it's all up in your head, that means you don't have a system. You have stuff that you do, but it's not outlined in a format, mm-hmm. in a tool that somebody could do the, for you. The point of this, if you're a newer agent, is to do it for all of these things, because otherwise you could say, well, I got that in my head. It's easy right now. You're not going on that many listing appointments. You're by yourself. Um, you don't have that many other systems. But once we start getting into marketing systems and follow-up systems and all of this stuff, and you try to keep all that stuff in your head, you are going to be ping-ponging all over the place. Yeah. So we put all this stuff down like this and have it all written down so that you don't ping-pong all over the place. So then when you get so busy, you're like, I have to hire somebody. You don't have to sit down, try to hire somebody, and put all these systems down. You're doing it right from the beginning. Yeah. So there's um the, an, another one would be your uh basically your annual sphere of influence past client touch system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we've talked about this before, it used to be 36 touches over a year, and now it's like 40 plus because there's so much stuff being thrown at people. What's the system for that? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the technology that it's that you use it in or that you do it in? So like in our case, that would be command. Mm-hmm. Command has we have smart plans that are written out with all of the 40 touches through the year, except the direct mail. That's a, That gets done in a separate system. And so the system is that each person gets added to command and they get assigned to that smart plan. The smart plan is the system in command. Mm-hmm. And so now the I could say we have a system for that. How is it working out? Is it working? Is everybody hitting all of their touches? Right. No, then maybe there's something that needs to be improved upon. Mm-hmm. That's that's an audit, right? Does it still right. work? Do we, have like to send, I created, do we have to put in that plan reminders to agents to make their calls or to hit their numbers? Or how do we, if they're not hitting their numbers, there's what do we have to add to the plan so that they do hit their numbers? Well, and like think about it like this too. If you if you know you consistently get, um, uh, let's say fifty percent of your business comes from your past client or sphere list and all of a sudden this past year only 40 Mm percent came from that or less units came from the same activities that means you probably need to reevaluate what the messages are in that system Mm -hmm. or the number of touches in that system so that's where the audit part comes in is you might you might be able to check off Yep, we use command for that. And so and so is in charge of making sure that everybody gets added and added to the smart plan. And we've we've got a system. But what are your results? Is it working or does mm-hmm. it need to be changed? That's where stuff this is a constant 
Like nothing is ever done. That's mm. what I've had to come to terms with. Right. That's what and I was that's saying. hard yeah. for me. Yeah. Nothing is ever done. It's always a work in progress. But you should have every year, you should have it done to the level that it needs to be done to work for the team that exists that day. Right. So like I look at one of them, operations manual. I have yet to have a full operations manual. Yeah. We just never have had one. And, and now that, and now it's so big. Like what the operations job is versus when it was just in a, a, you and an assistant. Yeah. Now it's so big that it's like, well, what do you want? It's like we're right in war and peace. <sighs> yeah. So like so I can say that doesn't exist and it's just a bunch of piecemeal stuff that and it needs I need to spend time that it will take it will take me slowing down in the day and really focusing and taking those time blocks and making sure it happens to make sure that that gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an important part of growth. You can't have a business without a manual to run the operations. Like that is, that's why it's number one on this list, by the way. Yeah. Cause how are you going to be, if you're, if you're making, if you've got that many clients that you're at the point where you're hiring people, right? So you're in the business, you're run you're you're in production, you're also running the business, you're also hiring. Well, how are you you're not going to have the time then to do this stuff. You have to do it now before that happens. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like And and so it can feel like like I'll give you a couple more examples and then I think it would be worth breaking some of these down. Um so like a review system, what's the system for getting reviews from clients after they close or during the process, whatever it may be? What's the system? Mm-hmm. There's there's some kind of and what's the technology tool? So maybe it is part of a checklist uh, after closing to do right. these activities. And then who's responsible for adding Follow them up. to the checklist mm-hmm. and doing right. the activities? That's a system for getting reviews that you can anybody can plug into it. And do the yeah. activities and get the results. Yeah, and that and part of that system, like uh, re- asking for the re- review directly as a buyer's agent, is part. That is part of the system of getting a review, but it's one little piece that's in a different system for the buyer's agent as they're going through the pro- their process. Well, that would be like a sales right. process, right? So it's it's like, and all of this stuff is all interconnected in ways as well. So it's a, it's a it's a really it is a way to keep things. And what what's the point? The point is is that when you get a, most most of your business is going to come from referrals and past clients. The reason why we do all of this is so that they get the same service as their friend did or as they did before. Well, it's and the du- only way you can duplicate that is to have all of this stuff down and figure out. My um, my biggest thing is like you have to make sure whenever you bring people on, they have to provide the same experience over and over again that you provided as a single agent. And if they don't, if there's anything about and it, and they should be following that the systems are what allow that to happen is if they just do those things and they just read those scripts, yeah. they will. The, every single person will get the same exact experience that they got with you when you were a single agent before you started adding people to your business. And the reason why we're doing that is we'll wrap all the way around to the beginning of this episode 
is is because we don't want to have to run around and quote put out fires that other people are starting on the team because they're not following because there, there there are no fires because they're following the systems that are in place so that it's all duplicatable and all done the exact same way. Well, it's like um I mean, I I know if you just go to any restaurant and you have a bad experience um or you have a good experience, I should say. You have a good experience and then you go back a second time and it's not good. You're not you might you're not, not going to go back probably. Yeah. You maybe give it one more chance maybe. Maybe. And that's a restaurant. That's not um people buying and selling hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars their most treasured possessions. Yeah. Right? So they're not going to come back and they're not going to refer you. So, yeah. It's it's really really important to make sure that things are being duplicated. And that everybody is doing things the exact same way every time. It and and that is what systems are for. And so we, you know, we started this whole conversation about slowing down to speed up. So whatever you want to do, you want to do more sales, you want to grow team members, have have a bigger business, whatever you're trying to do, sometimes you actually have to stop for a moment and say, I I know how to make sales. Mm-hmm. But what is stopping me from doing that? And mm-hmm. and most of the time, it's the foundation isn't where it needs to be. Yeah, it's like um, we don't do we don't watch this, but it's like car racing. It's like the car that doesn't go into the pit stop <laughs> might get further ahead faster, but those wheels are going to come off. You and your <laughs> at some point, right? Today. So you have to stop, get into the pit. Do all the things that they need to do in there, whatever those things are. I don't know. I don't watch it. I think and they stuff. change out they their change tires. They change tires. Like, they regularly. check the engine. They do all of those things. And then they get back out there on the race, right? Yeah. So it's it, you have to do it. You that's, just have, yeah. That's so. a good one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. If your buyer is approved for 300K and they want to see a property that's 315K just listed on the market, do you show it to them or explain that it's out of their budget? Okay. So assuming that 300 is their absolute max, I would not show them that house. And and that could depend on the market conditions a little bit. So if you're in a hot market and things are selling quickly and for asking price or above, then I absolutely would not show it to them. If you're in a different market, if if things are sitting, you know, months at a time. Well, this specifically this specifically said new to the market. Oh, I know it's new to the market, but I just mean if you're in a market where things take a long time to sell. Um, and it maybe it seems overpriced, then maybe I would consider showing it to them. But we haven't been in that market in years. So I assume this person is talking about what exists today. And so I would not show it to them. And I would say, that looks like a great house. It's only been on the market two days and it's above your approved budget. So we're going to just, we'll watch that one. And if the price gets reduced, we can go take a look. Mm -hmm. Sound good? 
Well, what if we could afford it? Well, I wish if you had flexibility in the budget to go to that price, but I mean, the seller is telling us what they want, right? They want 315. Yeah, but maybe we can get them to come down in price. And as you've seen, homes are selling in less than two weeks and going for 99% of asking price. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no reason to think that this house wouldn't go overnight and for this price. Yeah, but maybe we should just take a look at it. <laughs> I know it seems like it's it's worth it to go take a look, but the reality is is that we can't make an offer on this house, right? Unless there's something else I don't know, you know, d- d- have you talked to the lender? Are you able to actually go above 300,000? Right. Have you ever um um said to people like this maybe wouldn't be the the, the but like I know you have like the put yourself in their shoes like it's not fair to the sellers for you to go and see this house knowing you can't afford it like if you were it w- or something so yes and no so l- two things i think that's a valid thing to say um and all that whole back and forth we just had i can't really say that i've had much of that like maybe mm-hmm. when i first started but um because of expectation setting right because I am talking to them about this before, kind of stuff before before we even they even see a house that they they know not to ask yeah at that point because, yeah they yeah. know well because they understand what the market is and I've said you know if we see something because a lot of times they'll ask those questions in the consultation right they're like well maybe we should put the price up to three seven you know three fifteen and it's like oh okay oh I thought that the pre approval was three hundred that was the absolute top are you guys able to spend more like would your lender approve you for 315 and if the answer is yes well then I'll still show it to them mm-hmm. because sometimes people set a budget because they don't really want to spend more than that but if you know that they can and 15,000 over a 30 year mortgage isn't that much then I'd still show it to them in that case mm-hmm. but if they're absolutely topped out at 300,000 I probably during the consultation, I'm going to tell them we're not even going to set the price at three hundred thousand in this market, right? Because we need to leave be- a little bit of room in case you have to pay a little bit more mm-hmm. than the asking price, and then I'm going to show them evidence of that. Like again, this is all happening in the consultation, though, not after the fact. Um, so then, if they bring it up later, it's not a conversation back and forth like that because I'm just like, oh, remember, you know, remember when we talked at the consultation, things are selling for 99% of asking price. So this one's not going to be an option based on your pre-approval. Right. However, I'm happy to, you know, save this search. And if for some reason this doesn't sell and it the price goes down oh. or if it's sitting here in two, three, four weeks and we might have some flexibility, we'll absolutely go see it. Right. So, yeah. Small win, Catherine. You got a small win this week. Mm, I guess just um, in relation to the topic today, I finished up some some much needed like uh, human resource (laughs) behind the scenes stuff that needed to be updated. And, um, and just, I, I sat down and I said, I'm going to spend the next two hours and I'm going to do these things and nothing's going to stop me from doing that. And I did. Small win. Small win. <laughs> and, uh, my small win is, uh, we're going to get out of town here for a couple days yeah. and, uh, that's going to be nice to decompress and kind of 
not have to worry about cleaning the house finally or chores or work or any of those things and just kind of be able to chill with the puppies and you and just uh we had go out to lunch and some of our well yes anytime we go out of town it's all about the food and what we can eat (laughs) um i have some of my best ideas either leaving town and like being gone or right when we come back yeah you think you you think we talk a bunch about real estate during this podcast wait till we get trapped in a car together get ready (laughs) team there's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff by the time we get back but literally this the name of this podcast came from a trip yeah. Um, we stayed in we South Carolina. We went to South Carolina in the middle of nowhere. Really had no internet service yeah. at where we were at. It was on a lake, like mm-hmm. a lake that kind of um, was between South Carolina and Georgia. And um, and had to go down to the little town to actually have internet connection. Mm-hmm. And um, and I came up with all kinds of ideas and we came up with the name. and Yeah, what the what it what, would be about what we were gonna, how we were going to do it. And, yeah, because oh. we were talking about how we like to talk about stuff yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I think we came up with a, a plan for rental properties at that time like yeah. I have a whole All like no, stuff. little seven prong uh, thing in one now, of my notebooks this one this trip will be a little bit different it's we won't different, we yeah. won't be like uh, out in the wilderness by our, with nothing with no internet or no restaurants and no nothing yeah. but um, but still it's, it always is a nice little refresher so Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. All info is in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.